young Metro don't trust you, I'm gon' shut you Beautiful morning, you're the sun of my morning, babe What's up? Welcome back to Nostalgia Pod, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I am Patrick Sheehan with my co-host, he survived Fire Festival. Oh yeah. Dave Martinson. What's going on, man? Shout out Ja Rule. Staying in the news. Man, so yeah, Fire Festival, if you were are not on Twitter or right. just a, a lame in general, it was basically this lavish, luxurious bougie. Yeah, bougie festival. Wealthy people thing. In the Bahamas. Wealthy millennials. People that bought tickets spent between like 4000 and I think the biggest package was like hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to this. It was promoted and, by like Kendall Jenner and Bella yep. Hadid and a bunch and of other people. Just like Instagram models, basically. Yeah. It was just them on a boat, and people still <laughs> bought tickets to this, seeing no infrastructure or anything like that. And guess what happened when they showed up, Dave? Chaos. Yeah. So, showed up, there's like FEMA tents everywhere, and... Just wasn't ready. Yeah, they Kevin, had like... Kevin Hart voice. Yeah, literally no <laughs> infrastructure at all. But it made for a pretty funny uh, Friday on Twitter. Yeah, I would Friday say. afternoon. So, uh, I mean, what, what do you think about this, Dave? I mean, I don't think any any of us normal people actually knew anything no about it until this actually happened, because it wasn't like being covered by any news outlets because they know mm-hmm. who the mar- they're not marketing to normal people. Right. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of ridiculous. And then Ja Rule came out with this huge like classic sorry, classic sorry. classic uh, apology in a iPhone Notes pad that right. he screenshotted, of course, and he, like you know was strategically using like all caps for different words and right. stuff like safe. Yeah. And smart and stuff. And I, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's just ja seems like a whole lot of nothing. The, ri- the rise and fall, man. Yeah, you know, he was in Fast and the Furious, the very first one. Wow, that's they crazy. They didn't get a deal uh, worked out, and they just replaced him with Ludacris. <laughs> and you can see how well it worked for Ludacris. <laughs> Dude, crazy. And now, I was reading the apology on the Fire Festival website. Oh, my God. It was so funny, because they were basically they like... a lawsuit, $100 million lawsuit. Crazy. And they were basically explaining everything, and then... In, my favorite part was when the the note took a turn and it goes, and then something amazing happened. And they were like, all these people reached out to help us, so we're gonna have it again next year. Like maybe you should just le- maybe you should just let this one go. Yeah, like, I don't know about that. I don't know. So uh, I'm not gonna go to Fire Festival until I, I see a successful like five years in a row at this point. Mm. But a lot of music came out this week, and so did a lot of movie news. Mm. We're gonna talk about Gorillas, their new album Humans. Oh yeah. Let's start with the movie news though, because a lot of a lot of upcoming movies they got their release dates. Uh, dates yeah. So where do you want to start here? Two quick ones, I guess. Star Wars Episode Nine, Woo! directed by Colin Trevorrow, as we've known for some time. We're not even on eight yet. Eight comes out in December. Han Solo comes out May 2018. Episode Nine, May also May 2019. Star Wars back in May. I wonder why they wanted to move back to May. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you thought because Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars, they would just have Star Wars just completely own the month of December, and yeah. Marvel's been opening May. Mm-hmm. For our summer movies the past few years, Guardians is coming out this Friday. I don't know why they'd want to compete with Avengers 4, which also has a date in that May of that month. So. Right. I don't know. I, maybe they'll move Avengers. I don't know. I wonder, if they do, I wonder if they do really well with this Star Wars movie, which they're going to. If they'll be like, yeah, maybe we'll push it back towards December. Right. Which would also just be really interesting, because then I bet you'd get a lot of people freaking out like oh they're pushing the movie date back they yeah. must have problems well i believe uh no. se- this happened to seven seven was initially gonna be in may gotcha but yeah so seven i st- had a lot more groundwork to do though right and as it stands <laughs> right now eight comes out in december Han Solo comes out in may that's right six months five month turn- turnaround mm-hmm. right yeah and then it'll be a full year so if they push it i don't know it's just 
interesting thing with the calendar for how they plan blockbusters. But also, doper note, Pat, Indiana Jones 5, July 10th, 2020. Spielberg and Harrison Ford back again. Mm-hmm. Dope? Yeah. I kind of think Indiana Jones needs to go away, but uh, if it's good, it's going to be really good. That's the yeah. type of thing. But Harrison Ford's going to be, what, like 80? Definitely 79. Yeah, he's in late he's 74 right. right now. Yeah. So four, four years, Don't let him go by any planes. <laughs> he got a few years to go. <laughs> I, my, my thing is, like, Crystal Skull from 08, the story mm-hmm. was by George Lucas, but that was still directed by Spielberg and had right. Ford in it. So, I, I mean, yeah, we're removing the Lucas part of the equation, obviously. And, like, Spielberg's made some good movies since then, like Bridge of Spies. And when I was... So, uh, I guess they want to give him the right send-off on Han Solo. There's no way he signed up for this unless they're killing him off or right having him retire you know it's funny i was looking up some background information on this and i got i got pulled in by a really news grabby headline it was like harrison ford agreed to do indiana jones 5 with these two demands and i was like what were they like screen ran or (sighs) cinema blend or whatever it was something like that and it was like steven spielberg had to direct and the script had to be good i was like of course he fucking wants that for the the movie. Ah, I was so dis- I just then disappointed in myself. I was just shaming myself. Yeah, like, you gave, know you, not to click on those type of headlines. You, you like. rewarded them. You gave them a click. You encouraged it. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's you know, it'd be interesting to see if they can what they can do because Crystal Skull wasn't very well received from what I remember. Shia LaBeouf no. was not the heir to the throne, no. and I think they want to give a proper send off. But you think it's a little past like yeah? I think who do you think they're just gonna let the IP die? I think they I think they should. I think they should too. It's not like but, a huge universe like Star Wars. It's, it's one character that is Harrison Ford. So I, I don't know if you can keep it going. They already had like the TV, right. young TV show thing back in mm-hmm. like the late 80s or early 90s whenever that was. So I I could see them doing something like grabbing like a really young actor to like play alongside Ford and if he's really liked in the movie then they'll consider keeping it alive and if not then they'll just move on from it. Yeah. <laughs> you could always reboot it later on, but for now I think it'd be good to let it die. Avatar yeah. We've been talking, uh, for some reason I feel like we talk about Avatar like twice a month. Like, I don't know how it's going <laughs> to There's always so some comment, James Cameron yeah. or something. Uh, but he actually has some firm dates down. Yeah, so December firm. 2020 and 2021 for the next two, and then December 2024 and 2025. Yeah, you need a break to get the CGI done. <laughs> Damn. He's going like, to shoot them all at once. Which is smart. And apparently they're going to start production in this fall, according to Sojourney Weaver. So what do you think? Screen. Go for no. It'll be going up against Star Wars episode, what, like 10 by the no, second or third one? There's actually no, we don't really have any movies in 2020 except for Indiana Jones, right? There's no right. Mar- there's no Marvel movies that far now. Or DC, maybe one DC. Maybe DC gr- maybe Green Lantern Corps is the very farthest one. DC, I, don't, I remember. DC's like fourth stage plan is yeah. like 2050 Suicide Squad 18, so. Yes, I mean, this will be 2020 for Avatar 2 if this holds. First Avatar was... December 2009, 11 years between sequels, which is about as long as it took uh, Terminator, Terminator 2. So Is it going to be the same people? Uh, cast? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Wow. Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana. And Zoe Saldana, Bay. Yeah, Guardians. So I liked Avatar. I thought it was fun. It was a really beautiful movie in the theater. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a story we've seen. It's Pocahontas. It's Ferngully. It's all that stuff. Dances with Wolves. We know that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I think James Cameron, he's been dedicated to figuring out how to make this for so long that I kind of just want to see what on earth is going on in his head. And if they have this many scripts, like, you know how, like, Valerian, 
Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm just on board because I think it just looks visually awesome as like a, a sci-fi world kind of thing. Right. That's kind of what I think about Avatar because I know James Cameron's got some crazy shit in his head. Like he's talking about going to the ocean and stuff like that. Yeah, well, he he does like that deep dive like submarine stuff, right? He and he makes mm-hmm. his own submarines and whatnot. Yeah, like a weird dude, but. I don't know. I mean, the first Avatar was fine. I thought it was a nice story. Like you said, Dancing with Wolves. We've seen it a thousand times just in space. Nice world. But I didn't really know if I needed more of it. And now, if it's going to be as long as the first one... This is like 12 more hours. Well, that's the thing, too. I'm definitely in the minority about this. So you hear people, like, talk about it. It's like, yeah, I don't don't know how many Avatar fans are there. But, like, they're opening uh, Avatar... Pandora World of Avatar and Disney World now. Oh, really? Like, yeah, they're doubling down on this shit. So we'll see how it does. I mean, the first one is the highest grossing film of all time, $2 billion. Which is so crazy. Obviously, crazy. Avatar 2 is not touching that, but I mean, if it does really well, I, I don't I don't think this is an Alice in Wonderland 2 thing where it just totally disappoints. No, I don't. I mean, it's James Cameron. I feel like even right. his shittiest movies are still pretty good. <laughs> and they obviously know this IP is, has been successful, so they know it's going to print money. It doesn't have... The first one was like the... 3D movie, back when 3D mm-hmm. movies were still pretty new. Right. So, I, I mean, yeah, I don't I think Avatar 2 is going to have a killer thing you got to see in the theaters because of X, you know? It'll just be, it's, it's going to look cool. Away, or three years away right. at this point. They haven't even started yet. So. Yeah, I mean, the ones in 2024, 25 are literally, like, two college, to, like, lifetimes away. I don't want to think about far. Jeez, I, I don't know. Wait, Trump didn't even be president that year, right? That's eight years from now. Uh, yeah, no, he couldn't be. Wow. So, yeah, that's really far away. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I can't even think about. We'll talk about Avatar again if they actually start production on time. Yeah, please tune in to our podcast in 2024 you, to hear our thoughts on Avatar installment four. Do you care about Avatar? Let us know. Tweet us <laughs> at NostalgiaPod. Please do. So why don't we do some casting now? Because there was some really interesting casting. Right. Uh, let's start with Jeff Goldblum, man. Jurassic World 2. Yeah. So uh, we already talked about Colin Trevorrow. Right. He's gonna be directing uh, episode nine. He directed Jurassic World. The first one. I don't think he's directing this. No, one. he's not. He's still producing it. I think they got the uh, the guy who did Predators, I think. But yeah. But so... Jeff Goldblum finds a way. Yeah. To get back into the Jurassic Park <laughs> world, man. I mean, damn. I'm so down with that because they're he, already he making was the best part. Yeah, they're already making <laughs> Jurassic World too. So why right. not bring a character people like who was played by an actor people like? Yeah, why, of why not? Who cares? And nothing ever happened to him in the other two movies. He survived. He's so. there. Yeah. And he's <laughs> kind of being a lot him. Of fun. And Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> everybody loves Jeff Goldblum. There's no reason not to do this. Yeah, it's being directed by J.A. Bayona, oh. who uh, directed some horror movies. Hmm. Yeah. Any, any you know, that the people have seen? A Monster you Calls, know. The Impossible, The Orphanage, and some episodes of Penny Dreadful. So a young filmmaker. Took Penny over. Dreadful. Because Colin um, Trevor got uh, yeah. scooped up by Star Wars. I mean, there's no reason not to have Jeff Goldblum in it, and yeah. I mean, you already have Chris Pratt attached, so why not just throw more people you like? Basically, just make Guardians of the Galaxy and Dinosaur. Yeah, the first one was a billion dollar movie, so Jurassic World, so yeah, it should be cool. Crazy, why not? Like billion dollar movie, billion dollar like movies now, crazy. So much money out there. Anyways, <laughs> Lion King, which will definitely be a billion dollar movie. Yeah, yeah. Live animation. We already talked about some of the castings: Donald Glover, James Earl uh, Jones. John Favreau directing. And now we have Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, so it's uh, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa yep. and Billy Eichner as Timon. Right. What, what are your thoughts on Billy Eichner? I actually wasn't familiar with him. I saw he was in Parks and Rec and uh, is a, has a Funny or Die show. He's also in Neighbors too, And he does that, he does that yeah, a Billy true. on the Street where he like yeah, runs up to people and screams right. in their face. I fucking hate that show, man. Oh, wow. I, I are you out? I so, like, here's the thing, right? 
I... The, I'm definitely the, in for Seth Rogen. The, the, the show is funny depending on who they... Like, when Will Ferrell's running around, just, like, screaming people's faces. I find Will Ferrell very funny. Billy Eichner I find very annoying. But I've liked him in other stuff. He's fine line. So I'm, like, 50-50 on Timon. Pumbaa, Seth Rogen, I mean, you couldn't have picked someone better. Like, deep, <laughs> like a deep, like, goofy voice to play, like, a warthog? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Rogen is the, is the human version of a war. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's, like. that's that's great. What do you think of Billy Eichner, though? Yeah, I don't have much opinion on him, so... Mm, I don't know. I, I'm surprised they went with someone kind of lower profile than the rest of the people they've been getting, you know? You could have figured they could have got someone bigger if they wanted to. I feel like a lot of people know who he is, though. Right. I don't know. Or maybe yeah, Favreau just wants, wanted him. Seth Rogen's very experienced does. doing voice work, so he's a good yeah. get anyway. Yeah, and uh, Eichner had, has been in some... some uh, animated movies as well doing voice work so maybe he just saw mm-hmm. something in him i don't know but it'll be interesting who else is cast like we still need scar like and nala yeah they're gonna be huge oh shit scar yeah wow yeah scar is gonna be like really jeremy irons killed that back in the day so yeah he could probably do it again right yeah if they want might as well bring yeah. back james Earl jones yeah run it back all right why don't we talk about your favorite movie right now the circle man <laughs> speaking of things that aren't getting <laughs> we get run back yeah you know, let's get it Shapes. <laughs> Circle bombed, yo. $9.3 million. It got beat out by, like, two independent films. But not just did it bomb, but nobody likes it. The critics, 70% Rotten Tomatoes, and the fans, D-plus cinema score. Suicide Squad had a better cinema score than that. Right. Fans usually are more forgiving, but not for this. Circle's just boring. How do you uh, take Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, and John Boyega and make a terrible film? I don't know, but you and, have... And, and you're adapting it from a book. It's not like this was an original script. <clears throat> you, have, you have to ask James Ponsel, I guess. Like, <laughs> uh, apparently, you can take three really high-profile actors that a lot of people like. And one's fresh off of a $1.1 billion Disney hit, Beating the Beast. Two of them are. I mean, Bo- oh, Boyega, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So it's, uh, I don't know, very disappointing. We we talked about the, the trailer being really interesting, but yeah. not being sure how the movie would be. Right. And uh, I think our senses, our spidey senses, were right on this one. I might watch it on a plane one day just <laughs> to find out how bad it is. I'll watch it when it comes to HBO Go in like three months. Probably. Yeah, it'll be there soon. Yeah. Very. One strange. safe and grace, only an eighteen million dollar budget, so it's not a That's huge not loss. It's not this, not no gods of Egypt. So basically, they just paid those three actors and were yeah, like, and then. Some, mar- some marketing that didn't work. Right. <laughs> they basically just used, like, no-name extras. And, right. Uh, well, I mean, a movie I don't have to see. That's good. Cross it off the list. Yeah. There's a lot of movies I do want yeah. to see. That it's May now, to. so. Yeah, it's going to be up. May. Shout out Justin Timberlake. <laughs> so, music. Oh, yes. We're going to talk about gorillas, but let's talk about maybe my favorite girl band right now. Hey, I mean. Right now. I saw them last year at, yeah. There you go. Really nice. <laughs> Shout out. Saw Governor's Ball, which you'll be going to this year. You'll be we'll be right. talking about that uh, on the upcoming shows. They were really awesome. It started to rain during their set. They rocked really hard. They played some new songs. I didn't recognize this as one of the songs that they played. But they only have one album. Yeah, and but some other little projects, I guess. Yeah, they have one one album. Blakey on the name at the moment, which is always good for podcasts. It came out in 2013. It's been a while. Yeah, so they they've been sitting on it. They did have new music when they played. I didn't remember the songs, but I remember liking the songs, so maybe this was one of them. What do you think of this song? I mean, it's a slow burn for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's not actually a single. I was looking. Hmm. It's kind of like a, I think it's an unofficial promotional single. And the music video, which is just them in the studio with a moving camera, was mm. shot by Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, crazy. Who's done actually a few other of those things. But yeah, the album's coming out July 7th, something to tell you. Mm-hmm. I wonder, do you think this is on the album, this song? Or if it is, it's probably in a different form? 
I think this is like Kendrick's The Heart Part 4, basically. Yep. I don't think this will be on the album. Get the think pieces rolling, get your name out there. It's a really well-done song, though. I mean, it's so simple. Like, it is, like basically she's for like sure. Easy beat in the background with like a slow drum build and very mm -hmm. minimized guitar yeah, and it's a little bass ballad. work. But I, I thought it was really interesting how, this one, kind of came out of nowhere. Two, yep. it's not on Spotify. Which I think like, shows, like I said, definitely not a single. Yeah, and it, I think, but I think it also shows some solidarity to Swift, like Taylor Swift. They're like best friends with her at this point. Like I actually thought Lord wasn't gonna let her music be on Spotify, but I oh, don't you know. think that's the reason? I think that they might. Is have, it on Apple Music or one of the other ones, or is it just not only on the YouTube version? It might only be on YouTube, which huh. is kind of crazy. But it's kind of just a bad idea nowadays, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it only has a little over a million views on YouTube in a few days, which is nothing right. for a major band so yeah. it's just kind of like if you wanted this to get any kind of traction on the charts you clearly did not play it right yeah like which, anyone we all knew that just just you know, like the way they put it out so right and you get someone like paul thomas anderson too Weird. I, I assume they probably paid him a decent amount oh of course so, yeah for very simple but it, this is not like lord's green light which is clearly the right. lead single mm -hmm. you know this is i don't know it's weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird. July seventh is the album. I'll, I'll be interested to see what like the next song they release is and if it has a big tonal shift because I guess that they go in a more guitar-driven sound like they had in the first one. So in the first album. Right. Phoenix also released a new single called J Boy. It's really it's a fun little song. I was gonna say it sounds like Phoenix. Yeah. Nineteen oh one specifically. Exactly. So they're going back to the roots a little bit after their last album bankruptcy. Also from twenty thirteen. Yes. So it's yeah, a lot of filling gaps. Seriously. Oh but shit! Was the new Lord's album, album also from twenty thirteen? Pure heroin. I think that was twenty fourteen. Okay. I'm almost there. Yeah, probably. Let me let me just pull that up real quick. But yeah, so they have a new album slated to come out on uh, July 9th called June 9th. Oh, June 9th, I'm sorry. Uh, July 7th is uh, something to tell you, Haim's new album. Right. So they got those two confused. 2013 is pure heroin. Wow. So these three three big names coming back with albums this year. But yeah, this this Phoenix song is fun, and their album, TMO, Call I Love You, they're going to a more simple sound than they said. I think they got a little mm -hmm. too into like the electronic sound. So. Sure. Are you a Phoenix head? I like 1901. I've, I've never listened to all their albums. But... You probably know like List of Meaning. Yeah, I've heard too. some of their songs. Yeah, 1901. Cool. Those, those, those. We kind of expected this album when we saw them on like three or four festivals. Oh, yeah. Including Governor's Absolutely. Ball. Yeah, and Shaking Knees, I believe, too. Right. So. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting album. I think I think it will be like kind of I don't want to say make or break because I don't th I think they're too big to be make or break but right. they've definitely lost a lot of steam from the band that they were four or five years ago. Were they like the premier band in indie rock? They were uh, they were really on the rise. I don't know if I would say premier band like Block Party was up there too at the time and they've fallen off significantly as well. Phoenix had quite like album run you know. Yeah, they had like two or three that were the, like busy. them and Modest Mouse probably. Yeah, Modest Mouse at that time anyway. There. Yeah, Minus Mouse also has fallen off. It's been hard for these indie bands to sustain success, so this will be big. And then just uh, the song of the summer came out this week. I'm the One nope. by DJ Khaled featuring Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper, Quavo, and Wayne. Yep. I mean, so you, you, don't, you don't think it's song of the summer? I don't think it's that great. You don't think it's that great? I, I, the song is a banger, man. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like the people involved, of course. Yeah. Is there anything you can latch on to about this song? It's just a... Generic Bieber hook. It's just light it's, uh, and fun. It's and... a light, fun chance verse. Right. Quavo uh, on the heat, on the on the hot streak, on shooting yeah. his shooting his heat checks right now. I don't Me, know. It's Migos fine. just in general, man. It's I fine. Feel like, I feel like every time I, I go on Spotify, new releases, there's just another Migos song. New Katy Perry song featuring Migos. 
the upcoming Halsey album featuring Quavo, Sean Paul, new song with Migos, and of course Calvin Harris, big Sean song Paul, with Migos. Come give it to you. Everyone's throwing Crazy, Migos man. mad checks right now. Sean Good for Paul, them. Sean Paul actually released a new song. Is that really? It's actually not bad. Really? Oh, yeah, man, I just listened I to it this we, morning. We, we actually played Sean Paul like when we were hanging out this weekend. Yeah, like, Sean Paul. Kind of miss Sean Paul. <laughs> he's very. He's, he's just a, a good guy to have in my life. I feel like. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, so think about this. We got Heim album July seventh. Lord comes out June sixteenth, basically right after Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So Heim, Lord, Katy Perry has two songs out, but no date. And there's all and now. There's also the over you know arching rumor of Taylor Swift this mm-hmm. being her year. I'm wondering if Taylor Swift and Katy Perry would actually go head to head this year because they clearly have butted heads the past few years. Well, I was thinking with Haim and Lord releasing an album, I would almost guarantee T Swift is going to release an album at Just the end of this year. Keep her hive. Yeah, all going away. Absolutely. Well, I bet they've all been working on a lot of this music together. Sure. Is what I, I mean. What I mean. They've all heard it all. Yeah. Jack, Jack Antonoff has been linked to Lord. I'm almost certain he's definitely working with T Swift and like right. has hand probably in some sense with Haim at least mm-hmm. consulting. So I think that and that he's releasing an album in June with Bleacher. So I think like that whole like group is probably Paramore album. Like, there's a lot of music coming. A lot of like a lot of, a lot of pop. There's, there's always a lot of a lot. Like every kind of like pop culture right now. I hope Katy Perry just like eats this album and like goes back to drawing boards. If these two singles are, are any indication, this album's gonna be a huge stinker, and right. Taylor Swift's gonna put her in a goddamn body bag. Yeah, I'm just exactly. I'm worried because Katy Perry has hella hella jams. She does. Teenage ones. Dream is maybe the perfect like oh, of course. song. Absolutely, know. that bridge is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these two songs are clearly not that. So no, not even close. <laughs> it's not even kissed a girl. It's not. It's not even. It, but like Prism, her last album, which is also twenty. I'm wide awake. Twenty thirteen or twenty fifteen. I think it was a little more recent. I don't know. Twenty fourteen. I don't know. But that had like a roar and part of me songs I didn't love, but songs that were still really big. Right. So even if I if I'm not like as into it as the Teenage Dream songs, like you gotta have mm-hmm. something, but. Right. Bon Appetit song with Migos is like a poor man's Miley Cyrus song. Yeah. That's not what Katy Perry does. Let's figure it out, girl. I'm trying to find what the when the album was here. Prism. Prism, that's what it was. I, I wrote in Prism by accident. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, Ryan Adams song, uh, album came up from this year. 2013. Crazy. What a year. Yeah, what a year. <laughs> the last like year, all these artists made made uh, albums. So. Right. Well, it's been a lot longer since Gorilla released. So Gorilla's released their last album. 2010, uh, the yeah. fall, December 2010. And they're back. And what do you think, Dave? I mean, have Who, you I mean listened? who's they? You know, it's. Uh, I don't know what pronoun they use for the girls. Uh, yeah, no, Damon Albarn and his collaborators. It's they. It's uh, 2D and Murdoch Nichols, yeah. Noodle and Hobbs. They're all back, man. I love to the see video of them together. in the booth. They, they probably have some sort of animated video of them hanging out. The video the of them video. doing Feel Good Inc. Feel good. live at the Grammys with Dayla in like 05 is actually pretty cool. Because yeah, it was the animated guys and then the actual members of Dayla's whole. From everything I've seen, that actually like the way that they pull the concerts off is pretty awesome. Because right. basically just like... The band sits in the back pretty much, and Damon Alburn's kind of running around playing instruments, and then like all the guests just kind of come on from the side, right. whatever, and jump in. There's, and I'm sure, I mean, they have their upcoming tour, which is already like completely sold out. Oh yeah, and Gorilla is going to be headlining the Meadows. This year. Right, that, that's one of the few dates that you can't buy tickets to yet. Right, the effects are much better now, mm-hmm. so I'm sure it'll be even, a more, yeah, even a crazier show. Definitely. But uh, yeah, they said they want to get a lot of these uh, features at some of the dates. Damon said that mm-hmm. if. Ideally, he'd want to get everyone at, at at least a few. Right. Throughout the whole tour. Yeah. Because it it's quite a lot of features. 
it'll be interesting to see who actually like comes out with him because he got some pretty big names like quite diverse grace jones is one that is like a really hard name to get she hasn't really like played music in like De- like a decade I'm maybe staples sure. yeah pretty old yeah so it'll be interesting if he actually gets a lot of these names i'm sure he'll just have other people sub in at times too mm-hmm. i mean you have your push tees your drams your vid staples your pop cans right you'll have them at some shows yeah and also like people like, danny brown yeah like on hallelujah money benjamin st Cle- clementine i've actually never seen him perform and he's like a very like obscure like uk mm-hmm. like poet slash musician also he had a really cool story about him i had, I was reading up on him today apparently he was homeless until like early 20s and oh, he yeah? started like all these performances that's how he became not homeless from being really good at these things so kind of a really interesting person who writes a lot of poetry but anyways what was your favorite feature on this album probably push a t not like a push song exactly and, it, <laughs> and that's kind of my overall my overall take i didn't think it was like a fantastic push of verse right, right. i just thought it worked best on the song mm-hmm like some of the other ones, we talked about some of the other lead singles, of which there was like seven. Yeah. The Dram record, I think, is fine. V- yeah, Vince is cool, but I, if anything, that just sounds like a Vince song more than anything. What about Pop Can, man? Pop Can, again, he dominates the whole song. Some of these features are not, they're not they don't feel like features, they just feel like their own songs. Right, and the, it's weird. Pop Can is so, like, fun. Every song I've ever yeah. heard Pop Can on is fun. This song is not he fun. He was like the OG mainstream, like, dancehall guy right. in the States. Yeah, and they, they somehow made a Pop Can song not fun. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, Gorillaz is always just very melancholy. They always just talk about like a feeling of like, the world's gonna end or like things are horrible. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't necessarily expecting this to be like, great and like uplifting, but there are only a couple of like really high points. Like Feel Good Inc. Though it's kind of a song about like depression and just like walking around feeling like things are horrible. It's still this like awesome song, and when De La Soul comes on, they fucking murder it. Yeah. And uh, even on this, like De La Soul, I was pretty underwhelmed by the De La one on yes. this one. What is it? called uh, moments yeah yeah so i don't know a little disappointing for sure did you have any songs that did stick out to you i mean other than the pusher one which is uh, let me out that was probably the only one i can really think of you get the vince one's okay right but i mean i i was listening to an interview from with damon albern twilight mm-hmm. tone who's a producer did a lot of work with common helped dame with the album and pajness of Dela was there as well mm-hmm. They were kind of just talking about the thought behind this album and how they were like pitching it to all the people they got for features. And they were saying that, uh, this was in the summer, and they said that, imagine this being on the first day that Donald Trump is president. And they were like, yeah, at the time it was just a hypothetical. Right. But um, also, as you'll notice in the Pusherverse, they edited out any yeah, references. The names. Obama, Orlando, and Trump were all edited out. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to feel timeless. Right. And that way you can fit They didn't want to date the record. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of like, it, I always harper back to J. Cole's last record. It's like, I, I saw what you're trying to do, right? but it didn't work for me. Sorry. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I feel like Gorillaz is a band that can come up with some really good songs, but in terms of albums, other than maybe, like, Plastic Beaches. Plastic Beach. Yeah, Pla- Plastic right. Beach. Yeah, I think that's, like, their only album that I can say was really, like, well done. In terms Not even of the Demon ones, Days. Yeah, Demon Days, I, there were a lot of low points, but then they had some really, really high points on it, too. It's just, like, for me, there were there were more songs that, that stood out than just the Pusha song. Like, Charger with Grace Jones was really fucking good. Busted in Blues getting a lot of love. I don't know. I feel like the biggest problem with Gorillaz is that they rely so heavily on features that it's hard to even really judge them as a band. 
Which yeah. I mean, it's really just Dave Melbourne and back in the like, day, people Jamie Hewitt. That's what all people talked Hewitt. about. Like, how do we even are, we, are these a serious act? How right. do we you know talk about them? But he's such a serious artist, Dave Melbourne. Right, but uh, source material is it still kind of comes off as his side gig. Right, which it's not Blur, you know. Yeah, but Blur hasn't been around for. It's true, and they haven't had much success in the states anyway. Right. Well, Twilight Tone was saying in the Hot 97 interview that uh, there's no samples, as you can tell, mm-hmm. and it also doesn't have a futuristic sound. They wanted the sound to be like a sound of now. Right. Which also is kind of weird to me because I thought you didn't want to date it. And the sound was really expansive. It wasn't just like one sound. It went from like indie rock to Hallelujah Money sounds like you'd hear it. I don't know, in like the 1950s, to some indie or some uh, dancehall and mm-hmm. reggae. I don't know. I mean, there's a song with Anthony Hamilton on here. But yeah. I I think it just seems like it's kind of overstuffed with like the themes and what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And that's not helped by the fact that there's just like five interludes that are like 15 seconds each. Right. And a few that are a little longer. Just weird. So with that, it's 20 tracks, 26 for the deluxe. It's just, it's I, I started it up, you know, zoning out at the end. Right. Just, uh, the one thing we'll say is that I think... And there's, and, sorry, and they said there was also sure. tons of other songs they had to leave in the cutting room floor. So right. it really doesn't seem like, because it's a they're farming so much work out the features, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, we have our general idea, but with all these people working on it, it just clearly isn't cohesive. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's not cohesive. I think the only thing I would say about this album that's different is it's a little bit dancier. Like, I feel like, yeah. like, like the beats are a little bit more made for like a crowd, so I think it will actually play really well at like a festival mm-hmm. or in concert. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fun, yeah. But just for kind of like sitting at your desk or driving around your car or just even hanging out on like a weekend day, like I would never put this album on just for fun, like just to listen, listen to no, it. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Again, like and well, as they were saying, like the trying the kind of mindset they're trying to capture that's not really listenable in my book right i mean if i had they were acknowledging that it depends how the fans view it they were thinking like they were geniuses they're just explaining their process sure again like like cole you went for it so we'll see what people think just folding clothes man well if i had to grade this album i'd probably give it like a c yeah like i'm glad gorillas is back though and i hope that they they don't go away for too long but this kind of seems to be their mo like every like three to four years of dropping an album and it's very sad said this was seven year gap so uh, I mean, th- things were good for a while, mm-hmm. and now they're not. Yeah, I don't know. It just is. Yeah. Long uh, albums, bad track record with us. Anyways, at, since we've talked this album up so much, check out our playlist on Spotify, Nostalgia, yeah. Best of 2017. Yeah. We'll be updating it with uh, definitely the, the song. Phoenix. From, and yeah, with Phoenix, will definitely Haim if they ever if put they that ever. song on <laughs> Spotify. I'm the one. I, I'm sure Dave and I will debate off air if we put that one on. Put it on if you want. And uh, <laughs> obviously the, the, the Pusha song will also be on there, and probably Charger as well. So go check that out. We have all the, the songs we've talked about this year and songs that you should know about. The link to the Spotify is at our YouTube channel as well as SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. So please help us out with a YouTube subscription. Yeah, and iTunes doesn't cost you anything. Neither one costs you anything. Just just some time. Yeah. Just a little bit of time. At the end so. of this video, just click uh, here to subscribe or <laughs> here for last week where we talked about a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, we talked about a lot of good stuff including Peak TV. Oh yeah. Speaking of Peak TV, new edition. May 26th, Bloodline, final season. Really? It just announced last week. It wasn't a... Coming out the same day as Master of None. No, that's May 12th. What's May 26th? Is that House of May, Cards? May 30th. is four-day gap between Bloodline and House of Cards. Two full seasons huh, on Netflix. I thought Netflix. something else on May 26th, but... Could be. Unbreakable, perhaps? Huh. I'm not sure. Peak as fuck. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Crazy. Shout out Alan Teppenwall. Yeah, the, 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 this week's episode of Leftovers was brilliant again, so... That show just keeps killing it, man. Really interesting last season so far. Trying to, trying to get there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like... 
There's seven episodes for you to catch up to. Oh, yeah, it's a shorter so. season, right? Yeah, I think it's only ten. Yeah, we'll see. You can, you can do it, I believe in you. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy next week. Hopefully, and logic. Hopefully we'll be able to see it. Maybe we should talk about going Thursday night. Think so? Yeah, because it's my birthday weekend. Send me a happy birthday wish at Sheeny World Peace. Right now, Nostalgia You want to see you with all dumb nerds? I mean, who cares? We, we, we saw Star Wars when it came out, too. They're not nerds. They're different. They're, uh, right. they're, they're the right. correct people. Right. Uh, <laughs> anyways, also, if you think green lightsabers are cooler than blue lightsabers, tweet it at the pod. If you think blue, blue lightsabers are cooler, don't don't tweet at the pod. Because green's definitely the I voted for blue, bro. I voted for green. <laughs> it's way better. I wish the poll was still open. That's it's not poll. open. Well, no, you know how polls are on Twitter. Oh, right, it's only 24 hours. Who won? Ugh, I, I, it was definitely green. You don't even need to look it up. Who was winning? Anyways, uh, we'll also be talking about the Logic album. So yep. Everybody, uh, you, out Friday, just like Guardians. If you don't want to have us spoil stuff for you, the, this is your homework. And if you want us to talk about anything else, you know, get in touch with us somehow. Uh, Dave at Martin Swagger. He's always tweeting some horrible Yankees takes. Wow. They're, they're terrible. But he has some very good pop culture takes, so. Like facts. Yeah. He's Stay decent woke. Listen, decent listen. Or follow, I guess. Listen. Also, final verdict. 312 votes. Blue lightsaber. 54. 54. 54. 54. Percent. Yeah. Terrible. Winning. Green. Green's definitely cool. It's Return of the Jedi. It's like the whole thing. It's and Qui-Gon had green. You don't know if he's good or bad. Qui-Gon's Qui Qui pretty awesome. Obi-Wan had blue. But Qui-Gon gets cut in half, man. I mean, can't no, respect No, no, no. He just gets a got in the stomach. Oh, you're right. Darth Maul gets, Darth Maul gets cut in half. But he lives somehow, right? Is that the Come, whole thing? He comes back. Oh, God. All right, we're, we're just rambling at this point, so we're going to wrap it up. But <laughs> we love you. Yeah, subscribe. And we'll see you next week. All my days, I pray